Uh, this morning, let us read from the book of Psalms, Psalm number 66. We read nine verses, verses 1 to 9. I always like uh, us to declare the glory of the Lord. And I, as a reminder, let me just tell everybody, it's not only when you are here, please, this book was given to us. Like one full animal I met once. I saw a Bible in his hand, so we're talking about looking at the book in his hand. So after a while, I said, what is that? He said, oh, this one. It's my weapon. And that's what he told me. And then some of us, who are those with me that day? Okay, yeah. Apostle was there. There were three or four of us. Uh, Tore everyone. was not there that day. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Uh, he just said, I said, how, how do I was speaking? I was looking at him like, what book is this guy carrying? Because you don't expect a Fulani man who was dressed like a Fulani man on the streets of Enugu carrying a Bible. So I didn't think it was a Bible. So I was looking at it curiously. So after we finished our discussion, he was asking for some things and all of that. So before he left, I said, what is that? He said, this is why it's my weapon. What? Then the guy said, they're preaching the true gospel. No, I'm not joking. He said, they said, when you die, you go to heaven, you give you 70 veggies. He said, whoever went there and came back from my Lord Jesus Christ. Those were his words. He said, whoever went there and came back apart from my Lord Jesus Christ. Seriously. Everybody say, this Bible, this Bible is, my is my weapon. Say it again. This Bible, this Bible is, my is my weapon. Say it again. This Bible, this Bible is, my is my weapon. Say the word of God, word of God is, my is my weapon. The word of God, word of God is my victory. Is my victory. The word of God, word of God is, my is my life. Say this Bible, this Bible is my word of God. Is my word of God. Hallelujah. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Alright, so let's declare from this Bible, from the book of Psalms 66. We are reading 9 verses 1 to let's go. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give faint obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to you. They will sing praises to your name. Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds towards the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. He passed through the river on foot. There let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. His eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples, and sound his praise abroad. Who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to sleep. See, this year your feet will not sleep. Do not sleep into trouble. Do not sleep into temptation. It will not sleep into denying the Lord. This year your feet will not sleep. You'll be firmly planted in the Lord. You'll be firmly planted in your testimony. You'll be firmly planted in your faith. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He said, bless our God, O peoples, and sound his praise abroad, who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to sleep. Father, we thank you, for you are the one keeping us. In the midst of all the troubles we hear about around, you will keep us. Amen. Yeah, that's what you promised. That's why we are declaring so. He said, no evil shall befall you. Amen. No plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. In peace you will lie down and sleep. For the Lord will continually make you dwell in safety. Amen. Father, that's what we believe. We'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. 
This morning, as we gather, we come to receive understanding. Therefore, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. And the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats and kick into the teaching for today. A new man and a new world. We started teaching that last year. And by the special mercies of God, it has continued to this year. And I hope it will end today. But I'm eager to get into... There are two things I have lined up. You know, when I started doing ministry, those days, I thought after a while, everything I know will finish. Do you know what? That was almost 20 years ago. Oh, yes. I started doing like two or three series. I had finished. I thought... I finish this series, there will be nothing to preach again. <laughs> what I found out is I'm finishing one, another one is queuing up, like finish quickly, finish quickly. And then, of course, I don't have a problem with going back to teach the same things again and again. And I keep on saying that for those who are preachers. Don't, you don't owe anybody new revelation, you know, like this morning I began to wake up this morning, the Lord began to speak to me. Leave that in. There's some people take pride in it. If the Lord began to speak to you, fine. If he did not, go back to the one you were preaching before and start again. The story I tell once in a while is about the young man that changed D.L. Moody's life. The young man came to his church. He had promised that anytime you come by, come and preach for me. And then one day the man showed up at his door. Young guy. So he had to fulfill the promise. Okay, he was traveling, told the wife. Just use the small auditorium and let this young man preach. Organize some meetings. He called home after a few days. The wife said, we have had to move to the big auditorium, the big church. Why? Because the small one is always packed full. And the meeting kept on going. He said, what has he been preaching? He says, been taking the same text every day. From John 3.16, for God so loved the world. So he came back home. The meeting was still going on. And of course, the place was full. We were getting blessed. We were getting saved. They noticed every day that the man would take the same text of scripture. So one day at dinner, I was telling the young man, how long do you plan to keep taking this same text of scripture? And the young guy says, said, till everybody believes it. <laughs> so I'm going to preach the same things till everybody believes it. <laughs> All right, the Lord is good. Okay, a new man, a new world. Now, because today, I hope it will be the last, except the Lord doesn't allow us to finish it, then it might move on to next time. But let's assume it's going to be the last. Therefore, let me do a quick summary before I go to the meat of today and then summarize again at the end. This is explaining that heaven is created, not let's just create heaven. That's not how God operates. What God operates is, even physics, sorry, let me digress to that, has found out. That what makes this universe, this universe, the way we are seeing is that we are here to see it. That if we are not here to see it, it probably won't be like this. 
I won't even know. I mean, basically, there's no universe except we are here. The living beings are quite important. Human beings are crucial. In fact, they are the ones that define this earth, this solar system, this galaxy, and this universe that you can see. It's very important you get that point. Occasionally, I like to you know, stay on these small digressions to challenge some people who think they know science. They used to say, I mean, like in mockery, that the church, like they didn't know science those days, they, they used to say that the earth was the center of the universe. We now know it's not true. You know what? We now know it is true. <laughs> they thought it wasn't true. Now it is known to be true. And this was taught, I saw it when he was still alive. He used to do a program on National Geographic, um, Stephen Hawking, who denied God at the last moment. He didn't believe in God. That was his problem, not mine. But so he wasn't preaching this because he wanted to prove the Bible to be true. He was just analyzing physics. He used to speak with, through that computer stuff because, of course, you know, he was totally paralyzed. had only very few muscles in his body working. So based on that, he could control a small computer and then the computer would speak for him. So he said, when I watched the program, where is the center of the universe? And he proved it. He explained it. I, I followed the explanation then, but I can't remember it now. But I understood it. He said, where is the center of the universe? He said, it's anywhere you're observing from. That was the conclusion. He said, wherever the observation is being made from is the center. I said, ah. But then why were you mocking the church before? When they made it look like the earth was the center of everything. Now we know even physics has proven that it is indeed the center of everything. Why? That's where we are. <laughs> Do you get my point? It's not about dimensions. It's about the observer. So when God wants to create heaven, that's going to make it. He creates a person whose life is heaven. And wherever he places that individual, heaven forms. Do you follow what I'm saying? So, like we gave as an example at the beginning... Any plane the American president is flying on is Air Force One. When we were younger, I thought Air Force One was a brand of plane made by Boeing for the American president. Yes, they have planes that they made for him, but that's not what makes it Air Force One. What makes it Air Force One is a man that's on it. It's a person that's on it. In the same manner, it is not the court room that makes a court. It's the presence of the judge. So the judge comes here and sits. That's the court sitting. So when God wants to make heaven on earth, what he does is to make you and me into his image. And once we are formed into his image, wherever we are is heaven. That's what he does. So he's more concerned about forming you and me into something than trying to give us something. And please, you must understand the focus of Christianity all right, on that basis. God is not trying to give you things. He's not. He's trying to make you into something. We established that when he said, let us make man in our image, that process is still on. We think, we used to think, but now I know it's not accurate. Is that once he finished, that was done. Because the Bible says, in the image of God created he him. But if you read that context well, you see some of the things he said, male and female created he them. There was not even any Eve at that time. So God speaks, like the Bible says in Romans, he calls those things that be not as though they were. So when he said it doesn't mean it was physically fully done. 
This is where we are going. As far as he's concerned, he said to Abraham, a father of many nations, I have made you. And there was no Isaac. There was no Jacob. There was no Esau. Even Ishmael wasn't there yet when he told him, a father of many nations, I have made you. So when he said, in the image of God created he him, it does not change the fact that the process was going on. And I'm saying, the process is still going on till today. And it's that process that Satan tries to kill through temptation. And what was the temptation about? It's simple. Temptation was, remove your focus from the Lord. If you remove from your focus from God, all right, the ability to be transformed is interrupted. How you are transformed is through focus. It's what you behold that you become. Do you get my point? So when the Lord used to come in the cool of the day to come and sit with Adam, and I believe his wife also, Eve, the aim was not just for him to come and have a chit-chat. Are you getting my point? Let's just come and chat. Is you spend time with me like this. Then, beholding me on a regular basis, you will become like me. It wasn't going to be an effort. It was just going to be a matter of, just pay attention. And that's what we say here all the time. Just pay attention. The major problem with people is our inability to pay attention. And Satan's number one weapon against believers is distractions. Even the thing that God gave you as a blessing. I'm not one of those pastors that believe that um, technology is of the devil. It can't be. It has been a tremendous blessing to me. The devil doesn't make things that help me. <laughs> what I'm going to say is that even your mobile phone, your, your, your tab, your computer, you know, those smart devices you carry around, the original intent of God, of course, even human beings that made it, what's the original intent? Communication. But what was God trying to communicate? That's the issue. But what does Satan do? He takes that same thing and turns it to a weapon of mass destruction. You know, like, like we say humorously. It becomes a, mass, a weapon of private destruction. Once, when my son <laughs> wanted me to give him, get him a smartphone, there was university. Me and him sat down and had a talk. I said, you get a smartphone, but you make me one promise. There will be no Facebook on it. Is it evil? It's just that it's something that I found out. And now, that includes Instagram. I hope you get my point. Now, it's me, oh, please. Don't go and say, the Lord said through his servant passed bank this morning that a good Christian doesn't have Facebook. I didn't say that. I'm just saying what I discussed with my son going to school. I said, you want to do Facebook, I don't have a problem. Do it on your computer. What's my reason? I don't want it to be so handy that you hold that thing, stare at it for one hour and not realize you've been on it for one hour. That's just my issue. Yes, the distraction issue. Is, 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 if, you, if you are the type that somebody like my wife, oh, you can send my wife WhatsApp message, you won't see for the next 24 hours. She's not the type that, you know, <laughs> some people are just that... Um, Either disciplined or not inclined. <laughs> you understand? There, 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 there are two of them do the same thing. In this context, some are very disciplined. If you say, I'm not looking at that phone, they're not going to look at it. Some, they won't even look at it. It's not a temptation for their soul. <laughs> All right? So maybe for people like that, it's not a big deal. Okay? So I told him that, look, my aim is so that when you're in school, you can read. All right? Because the phone will be with you all the time. Now, so Satan uses even those smart things to distract us. That's the point I'm trying to make. 
I've been in church and seen people on Facebook during service. Service is going on. So the things that God give, give us, they're supposed to be a blessing for me. Why did I say it be a blessing? Many people are following us this morning on that Facebook. Many people are following us this morning on their mobile phones on YouTube. Of course, on our own radio channel, that's Kingdom World Radio. They are following. All of them on their smartphone. Now, but Satan can decide to use it as a distraction. That's what I'm going to say. Instead of following the word, they are following gossip. They are following... Sel- now, now, I will tell you this one. You know, there are things I said that the Lord didn't say, not just me. This one, between me and the Lord, we discussed it. And I think I have his approval to tell you. Don't follow any celebrity. An actor. A musician. There are few people I can allow you to follow. By the, by the authority of God. People like um, Nathaniel Bassi, you know, get my point. You can follow them because every morning will give you a word of praise. But anyone will they show you body in Jesus' name, by the authority of God and of heaven, I ban you. Even if the person is a Christian, once you come today, he show you a different hairstyle. Unfollow. Are you getting my point? Even if Nathaniel Bassi comes tomorrow, shows you his new suit, unfollow him in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, that thunderous amen. Or oh, silence. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not saying follow him because he is handsome. I know, bro, I know you're handsome. We're not disputing your looks. So. But that's not what we're following. What we're following you for is you've come to praise, you've come to worship. And we're following you to praise and to worship. We're following you to glorify. That's what we're saying. We're following you to glorify the name of the Lord. So the day you are tempted, that's why I told our sister, Mercy. You know the mercy I'm talking about? When they began to take picture of a car that a husband bought for her, I said, okay, no join Chris. No join Chris. Those of you who know her, tell her, I said so. Don't join Chris. It's, te- it's temptation. People can be tempted. Don't join them. When they want to start photographing, you say, I believe me. Don't start posing a smile like an idiot for anybody. I'm telling you the truth. Leave it. I mean, when we follow you, let's know what, what we are getting. Who cares what your husband is buying for you? Do you know what I bought for my wife too? <laughs> Thank you very much. I believe that in. Don't let the world just misuse your gifts for you. That's what they do. The Bible says the adulteress haunts precious lives. I mean, I've told you, when you see the word adulteress, woman, stuff like that in the Bible, it's not talking about, you know, these are our female, our sisters. No. It's a principle in life. The world is just looking for gifts to waste. They turn preachers to motivational speakers. And it's very easy. They know how to do it. Of course, it's not hard. Now, how do they do it? Pepe. If you see $10,000, you motivate people. So they give it to you. So you need the discipline of God. Say, I'm not motivating anybody. They won't give you anything. Fine. I didn't come here looking for your money. Thank you. So the point I'm making about, about that is, okay, is that, so these things that God gave to us, so we can focus on him, they can become a distraction. And that is a game of the devil to distract. Sometimes the blessings of God, that's how it's also corrupted. I'm always, look, it pains me if you are so busy, you can't attend to the word of God again. That prosperity is not good for you. It's not good for you. Like I said, God is not trying to give you things. He's trying to make you into something. He's trying to make you. He's trying to make you. So anything that will hinder that making is to be resisted. Is to be resisted. Anything that will hinder the making is to be resisted. 
And what's his process of making? His focus. What's the process of making? He said, we will see him as he is. They will be like him. That's the principle. It's the part of God you see that you become like. Do you get my point? So what the Lord is to do is to come to Adam to give him the opportunity to absorb divinity. The job of Adam was to sit with the Lord and absorb divinity. I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that's what you are doing this morning. People think that we are coming to hear you know, keys and principles. No. You are absorbing divinity. Look, that's why the Bible calls, Paul talked about it, and I'm in line with him also. He said, we are ministers of the new covenant. You know, when you are a minister, you are serving something. He says, it's not the law. The letter kills but the spirit gives life. So what we are ministering is the spirit. So just stand. You sitting here. I'm standing here. I'm talking. I'm not talking. It's not the letters. It's not the words. It's not the sound. By being present, you are absorbing divinity. You may not know you are being changed. No, that's something I want to bear in mind. You are constantly being changed. And what Satan does all the time. Like I said, when you come to church, please, eh? You know, when I say church, I don't mean just um, once you go to where the word of God has been preached, worship, praise, worship, prayer, all right, and the word. When that is going on, do everything you have to do to kill distractions. Look, don't even be tempted to go and ease yourself. Before you come in, go and ease yourself. If you know you're the type that can't stay for long, eh? then don't drink water when you're coming. Just say, I will not look away. That's what I want you to understand. That I will not be distracted. And that was what God was doing with Adam. The Lord will come, he will sit with him, they will talk. Then he was being made. That body, I said at the beginning, I'm summarizing, just revising now for the purpose of summary. That body is a case, is a shell, is a mold in which a man will be made in the image of God. What will have happened, which is it going to happen, is that the man will get to a point. Then the Lord will now say, time to do what? To eat of the tree of life. Then he will have eaten of the tree of life and we know and done what? Lived forever. But why he had to ban him from eating of the tree of life was that it is not good for another devil to be created. Do you get what I'm One who has rejected God and then you give him to eat and he lives forever in that fallen state, that's not good. Which was why he didn't give him the thing to eat at the beginning. It was there available. He was supposed to develop until he would be able to eat it. What is God doing? I'm jumping for that. That's where we began from trying to explain this. He's creating us into the new man. Now, how's he doing now? It's basically the same principle, but with atonement for sins added. So, Jesus came, paid for our sins. So, anyone who believes in him, he brings into him a spirit. And that spirit is another creation. Just like in the beginning, he breathed into the man, and he became what? A living soul. That breath, I said, and I'm repeating does not mean this breathe in and breathe out you are doing. It's not. Because did he breathe into the cow? No, answer me. Is that a cow is not breathing. 
They are breathing. Dogs breathe. In fact, dogs can breathe. They breathe loud. You know that? <laughs> By the way, do you know why dogs do that? Who knows? I like to teach science more, more. That's their own way of sweating. You, you sweat and it dries up and you cool down. But then they blow air over their tongue. And that's how they cool down. So the tongue, is, of course, you know, the tongue is very rich in blood. So it flows through rapidly. As they are breathing like that, that's how they are cooling down. All right? You learned something today. Where were you when they were teaching biology? <laughs> so this is what I taught in school, though, but they, they were not there. When they are the they back, sharpening pencil. <laughs> Not for good cause, to shoot the person in front. <laughs> that is good. And so the dogs breathe, but God didn't breathe into them the breath of life. So we know Adam didn't need that thing to be able to breathe. Do you get my point? The flesh will have breathed. So what God gave into him was different. It's what made him a living soul in the context of being a living, conscious, able to receive God person. So, because of the fall, God said we have to do that again. So when Jesus, after resurrection came, he came to the group and breathed upon them and according to the analysis I read from uh, I both heard and read from Derek Prince, it wasn't as if they just they sat as a group. He came, no. He went to them one by one. Just as God did at the beginning. He breathed upon them. <sighs> Receive holy breath. Holy Spirit. So they were regenerated. This is different from receiving the Holy Spirit for function. Which happened on the day of Pentecost. But now that he is risen from the dead. The first, this firstborn of that new, new creation. So it's called this last Adam and the second man. So that day he created a new breed of people. A new breed was created that day. And we call that Homo sapiens what? Christus, thank you. The original one, Homo sapiens, Adamus. And as a matter of fact, they are different people. They are different species. They are. What we now need to do is to develop that individual. We said then, if you raise a human being, Homo sapiens Adamus, amongst monkeys, by the time he's old, he won't even know how to think. You will have suppressed the inherent abilities. In the same manner, many of us are suppressing the traits, the abilities of the Homo sapiens Christus. What we have to do as people is to activate that new life. How do we do it? It's the same way. It's through the word of God. So being present in, before the Lord all the time, we are being transformed into that same image. So I'm just telling us what we, what we um, studied at the beginning. That that's the foundation we laid. So that's what we've been looking at. So we said a new man and a new world. So when God creates that new man, we talk about that process. That process, all right, of development of the new man is just what we, um, God is to do with Adam at the beginning, which is what they are doing again this, this morning, sitting before the Lord and absorbing divinity. So that begins to develop in us. And now jump down to where we are. Yes, okay. So what happens is that it starts changing us. We are being changed and eventually our environment is changed. You know, we said that. We are being changed and eventually our environment is changed. There's a way, like uh, John G. Lake said. John G. Lake said he doesn't believe, and there's a lot of truth to that, even though I've not um, carefully meditated upon it myself. He said he doesn't believe that Jesus Christ is just going to come up one day to rescue a 
a threatened church. I hope you're getting my point. They're not going to come one and say, do you want to kill my people? Let's go back to the earth. He said he doesn't believe so. He said, no, that doesn't work like that. That what he's going to do is that he's coming to receive a glorious church. That is a difference. There's one that the Antichrist wants to kill them, finish them. And they say, Lord, help us all. Then he comes to collect them and he will now come back. He said, no, it doesn't work like that. That's going to develop the church. All right, through, of course, there will be understanding. They will affect the environment. But then part of the understanding is that one day, deep inside them, they will realize there's a new level to go into. And that whole thing will culminate in the second coming of the Lord Jesus. Because he said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Not when the enemies are reigning, then you come and deliver your people. Do you get the logic there? Yeah, that the church has to be victorious. It's not as if uh, they are cleaning us. Jesus said, I'm not coming back until you become exactly what I made you to be. The one who grow to a particular level will now know it's time to step into the next realm. I'm saying that the manifestation of the sons of God from inside us will affect our environment. And one day, now let me put it this way, like if, if you know mathematics, that differentiation. <laughs> okay, let me leave that. So anyway, we're approaching a particular realm. Then Jesus kind of comes and then pulls us into that realm by the coming of his presence. I hope you're getting my point here. All right, and then John now said that that day, we will see him as he is, will now become exactly like him. So, but the point I'm making from that is that it's not as if careless people will become like him. No. We're already working on it. We are developing. But there is a place we can't cross until we see him exactly as he is. But before then, progressively, he's manifesting himself for us to see. And we are being changed, like Paul said, from one level of glory to another level of glory, as we are beholding, are you get my point, the glory of the Lord. That's what is going on with our lives. And, can, and let me say it again, that is what you are doing again this morning. Please bear it in mind, it's affecting every level. So last time I began to explain, there are three levels of human experience. Remember that? Alright, those three levels. First, the spiritual. So in heavenly places, we have been what? Um, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have been recreated in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Please, let's get it. The spiritual things is always, or they are always spoken of as being done. Not as if there's a process. They are done. He has delivered you out of death into life. From the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. In whom you have redemption. You have it already. Christians must understand. I keep on saying that because you see, there are too many... Okay, let me not use the word clowns. <laughs> Let's just say the way. There are so many jokers going around claiming they are preachers. Who deceived the church? Do you know the problem in your life? Is that your ancestor was a slave? I've heard this one before. And maybe what, why I remember is that people were excited. Whoa, see revelation. When that man began to share that thing. And I'm looking at them and I said, you call that revelation? I call it confusion. Small digression. You know why people don't know something? And they're hearing it for the first time. It impresses them. And when you are not impressed, I wonder whether you are not alright or you are alright. You know they are here. Maybe some people have never, they've never delved into spiritual thoughts and understanding and realms. So when they hear it for the first time, it's the whole concept that actually intrigues them, not the truth. What do I mean? So that those guys were saying, they say, ah, if you hear the other man preach, the man, the man showed the reason why people have broken homes. 
homes break because their ancestors used to break homes. How did their ancestors used to break homes? Because the man was a slave trader. And the slave trader used to separate families. So the curse is upon... Again, if you have never heard it before, it's, it's intriguing. Thank you. You know, it's exciting. Like, whoa, look at that. Unfortunately, the first day I heard them re- re- repeating this, thing, I'm looking at them like, are you okay? Because as intriguing as that realm may be, there's a realm above that. And that realm is the realm of Christ. And that's where we are gazing from. In that realm, we don't care whose ancestor did what. If anyone is in Christ, that's all we care about. So, a lot of people, preachers are excited, and then again, you know, people like to excite people. The other day, I won't mention his name. One of our brethren here said, ah, Pastor, did you hear that man? Oh, so I went and listened to the man. I called him and said, bro, did you, is that what you said I should listen to? He said, sorry, sir. Even me, when I heard the second part, I changed my mind. I said, then why were you? <laughs> yeah, sometimes some of you people get excited about things that you don't know what's excited. Why? Because he said, any truth that does not magnify Christ or show what God has done in our lives in Christ Jesus, for me, is nonsense. No, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. And that's really my own issue. When you do all your permutation and calculations and differentiation and integration, and I'm looking at you, I say, okay, where is Christ in this matter? Because all of these things, they will tell you, physicists will tell you that all these laws collapse when you enter a black hole. <laughs> that this, these laws don't, once you enter into Christ, all these things you are saying, they don't make any sense. So your, your, your great-grandfather buried something under the tree in your village. Jesus will not even bother cleaning that kind of tree. So it's not even necessary. Just leave the tree. Be living your life. If the tree wants to speak against you, it will wither from the root by itself. But you see, those who don't know will go there and be digging. To be digging. So people like me come and say, what are you digging for? They say, you don't know African spirits. <laughs> yeah, they've told me that before. Not to my face, behind my back. Then the person there come, came and re- reported to me that, Oga, they say you don't know African spirits. So. I said, hey, they said so. The woman said, yes, sir. I said, okay, don't worry. I'm planning for them tomorrow. They will know who knows I abused them very well that day. I said, instead of you to follow those who know road. Nobody said you talk for me. Follow who know road. I said, you that know African demons, African witches. I said, can you sleep? That's why I asked them. I said, you can't sleep. Me that don't know them, I sleep well. When the demons come near my window, they run away. No, not near the window, near the fence of the compound. I'm beginning to think they even stop at the beginning of the streets now. Because I live in a close, because you don't want to be trapped. <laughs> that day I told them, I said, my friend, get away. I, openly. I said, some of you say, I don't know African witches. I said, you that know African witches. I know, again, digression. Human beings are very funny. These are the same people that pastors will come and say, you sow a, a millionaire seed to deliver you from the oppression of the African. Do you know they will sow the seed? They are not delivered. I came not charging them a dime. They are telling me I do. You see, maybe sometimes we should start. I, I also, we should start charging these foolish people. <laughs> so those of you who believe I know African spirits, please over to this side. Those of you who believe I don't know, over to this side. So those of you who believe I don't know, it's one million naira for your deliverance. You may be laughing. Do you know they will pay? Even if I say the way I've said like this, when people are blinded, there. Eh? Oh my God! I've seen people do things. I would be shocked, like. I said one day my wife called a woman. Oh, sorry. 
my son said he wanted to go and visit. He was young that time, much younger than he is now. Still a young boy, I mean, compared to people like us, all right? <laughs> so he wants to go and visit his friend. So his mother said, no problem. Let me take you there. And let me know where you are going. So she drove him there, came down to greet the mother of the, the friend. So they started talking. My wife couldn't believe what she was hearing because she, she found out that her husband is a pastor. That's me. So when I said, she was sick. Somebody said, I'll give you the number of a pastor who will pray for you. They called the number. Number one, if they gave you my number, the chances that I will answer you is, is close to zero. Anyway, this man, he answers his own calls and negotiates. He said the prayer is one million. So I've forgotten exactly how much. They began to negotiate. Ah, pastor, this money is a lot now. So what kind of prophet do you think I am? I'm not joking. This happened. It really happened. What I'm telling you is not a joke. It really happened. What kind of prophet do you think I am? They negotiated until they came to 400,000 there. Not of 2023. This is like, um, this is definitely not less than five years ago. Now, when she heard the story, so it probably happened six years ago or seven. And do you know the people transferred the money to a prophet they only heard speak on the phone? They didn't even see him. And you are blaming for one eye boys for doing for one eye. They need a kind of human being in the population to be able to thrive in that business. Because if everybody's as smart as you, they wouldn't, and they wouldn't, but they would just call you and say, um, Atiku is giving money to those who vote for him. Send your account number. You know, you hang up on such idiots when they call you. Have they called you recently? Yes. Oh, is SMS? Yes. yes. Those are people actually go ahead and say, they will actually send their account number. Then they will call you back and say, please send a code. Okay, Atiku is going to send you a code right now so your money can be. Some people will actually. <laughs> they, when, when you hear, you're, you're not angry with the froster. You're angry with the person that, excuse me, a stranger out of nowhere called you that they want to send you money. Don't you know how difficult this world is? Nobody gives out anything free after like that. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Do you know this book I finally paid? They paid. So my wife said, so what happened? No, that was the last communication. The man said, we'll be praying. No, what did you expect him to do? To wake up in the morning and be a professor for 400k. Why do you professor for 400k? If you want him to professor, you bring 10 million. Do you know if he said that, some people will still bring the 10 million. Then when you now say, okay, you don't need to uh, pay. Just come and hear the word for one hour. No. No, 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 no. Pastor, you don't have power. If you had power, you would have seen who is doing me. <laughs> it's true now. Just by the way, eh? This deliverance, eh? It doesn't come like that, too. You know, you pay money, somebody prays for you, and you'll be delivered. It doesn't work. I don't care how anointed he is. I was one of one brother. See, I, I know where I went into this, okay? I'm talking about the spiritual realm, how it's done. Okay? How some pastors go around confusing people, saying that it's not yet done. I need to say this thing so that some people who are listening to it will not be confused. A friend of mine, it's a minister, it's somebody in his church. When I heard it, I couldn't believe it. He said, yeah, I talked to this woman. Just like they treat people like us too. They treat him also. As if, pastor, leave that thing. There are people who know these African problems. So somebody gave her the number of one woman who knows Africa. He said, this woman is a prophetess. When she's moving, eh, convoy of two, two schmutos. 
to see her. I think you pay 400000 I've said, look, jo- Jonah, please, put sign at the door how much we are charging for people to come inside. Maybe they'll be more serious. <laughs> to see this woman, I think you pay 400000 or, or, or half a million. You pay. Okay, 300, no, yeah, it's 300,000. You pay. Then they book up, you will wait on top of 300k. Some people are angry with me. They didn't pay me a couple. They're angry that I'm not available. This was 300,000. They still will wait. Then finally the woman comes. Prays and does some things and says, Ah, you need deliverance oil. Ten bottles. So you go to the other place where they are doing 10 bottles. And each bottle is 200,000. Really, my sister? Really? So the woman came back and said, Please, oh, that uh, she doesn't have up to that, that whether she can take four. So they finally, she, take, she took four, and they said, Okay, and then she left. After some months, the miracle she was looking for did not happen. It had to do with traveling abroad. So she went to the embassy, carry her driver. <laughs> they, uh, they closed the door against her heavily. Then she now went back to the prophetess. You know what they told her? We told you to take 10. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The dose was not complete. To my amazement, people keep going back. I don't get it. The only answer they have was that, did we not tell you to take 10 that day? You say you will use 4. You see also. Basically, now you spoil them. The person now came back to our pastor and said, Pastor, they defrauded me. Pastor said, if I slap you. <laughs> when I was talking with you, you told me, using my own words now, using Banky's words, that I did not know African demons. Now, you have met those who know African demons. They've collected. If you hear the kind of things I've heard. One man had problems at work. The pastor looked at him and said, you bring your car and so so number of millions. The problems will go away. He brought his car and all the millions and the problems stayed and amplified. And I'm wondering like, sorry, I want to say something that they say in my part of the world. They thought they used to go call paro, do this. Paro means exchange. So people used to go around. They just come to your house. You bring some valuable things you want to get rid of. Then they give you some brand new things. So it's a trade. They just look. They are looking for metals, jewelry, maybe gold you cannot identify. They have their way. They will check. So they will now give you big, big things that will impress you like a big Buddha. Yes. They are plastic. Yeah, cool. yeah, exactly. Then you will give them one ring. So if you stole it, it's your problem. Those guys will just check, so they give you big, big things to collect. <laughs> so now I have an insult in that part of the world. Say, did they use your head for power? <laughs> like, did somebody come to collect your expensive head and give you cheap thing? That is, yeah, because some people behave in a way that you wonder that somebody must have exchanged their head for plastic. How can somebody tell you he's a prophet and is billing you for prayer and you are paying? Shouldn't there have been the proof that is false? But what are my people doing? They are paying the money. And then when they say general pastor, they collect change. This man knows what I'm talking about. One man came to him one day for prayer. After I finished preaching on radio. So he told the man, your problem is not prayer. It's you need to change your ways. He preached to the man. 
So Master, can I get your message? They gave him a CD. He said, how much is the CD? How much is the CD? Oh, eh? No, no, no. It wasn't what happened because you needed to give change. You forgot it. The man collected. Eh? Okay, gave you 1,000. But how much was the CD? Eh? The man waited for his change. This is a man who spent 500,000 naira for prayer and got nothing. Now you're getting real deliverance. You're collecting change. The Lord is good. <laughs> what I'm saying by all of that is that, please, believers in Christ, let's understand something. No ancestral curse is holding you down. Don't let anybody be deceiving you that they want to break it in your life. Everybody that tells you that he wants to break an ancestral curse with prayer and all of that is one or two things. Either he's a businessman doing his business or he's a pastor that needs to be taught himself. Ancestral curses have been broken in Christ. If you are not sure, there's no problem. You just come. Meet somebody like me. Meet Pastor Kimuti. They say, please, I want to be baptized in water as a sign. I was, that is, you go under water, you're buried. You come out, you're a new man. It's just a sign. So that you will know. Nobody can break it. It's been broken. Nobody can break it anymore. It has been broken. You went to a church where people are rolling on the ground. It's not anything strange. People roll on the ground. I saw one recently. The Muslims were rolling on the ground. <laughs> you saw the video. Uh, they now have a Pentecostal Muslim church. It's, look, yeah. They are there rolling on the ground. Rolling on the ground. And they are, they are chasing them. Like they will do in Pentecostal church. They also do. They, ah, say, now they are going to roll for ground. We too will fall under the power. Look, if you go to where they do satanic worship, those are normal things. People get possessed and they manifest. Ah, demons speak in strange languages. So that's why you are chasing up and down. They will confuse you in this life. I need to say to people, nobody, you can't pay any... Some people actually pay prophets to be monitoring their matter. When you see the caliber of so-called Christians that do it. You're shocked. Like, excuse me? One woman told my wife that her husband had located one prophet in nature, and you're looking at them like this. That the man is hand, all the man, all the, her husband does now is send what do you call it? Phone credit, you know, recharge card regularly, and they offer regularly, and the man is taking care of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this same person will plan a program. Christians will come out. The person I'm talking about will do program. And I'm looking and I say, my God. See, spiritual things are real. But don't be deceived. Everything is inferior to what you have in Christ Jesus. The deliverance you don't have in Christ does not exist. Nobody can give it to you. And I'm saying by the spirit of that Christ that all your so-called ancestral curses, they are broken in Christ Jesus. They have been broken. That is the meaning of being born again. So the man that was saying that broken homes come from the father, your great-grandfather was a, an, a, was a slave trader. He, he's confused. I am not saying broken homes don't come from that. But when you are a Christian, it becomes irrelevant. It's irrelevant. People have said that in your family, they worship idols. I say, an African family, 
Which African family exists in which idols were not worshipped like three generations ago? There is none. There is absolutely none. Not only African families. But we go in Africa. Let's lead me to Africa. Worshipping idols is a normal thing. In fact, if you don't worship idols, what, what, were you worship? what, what were you worship? Even those who are not worshipping idols, they were worshipping money. Everybody worships. I hope you're, there's nobody that does not worship. There's nobody. We're created to worship. We are creations of worship. It's who you choose to worship that's the difference between one person and another. I worship by the So, what is not a special thing? I even heard this one. It shocked me. In fact, my, my, my sister called me that Sunday or sent me a message. He said, Pastor, see, I'm just coming from church. This was in Portacot. Of course, me in Enugu, she's in Portacot. That he went to church, a Pentecostal church. Oh, God punished Mammon. Mammon? Now, I was studying the Bible during the night, you know. My, oh, can I find that place now? Anyway, God said, I'm going to cut, uh, cut off the head and the tail. He said that the elders, the noblemen are the head, and the prophet that prophesies lies is the tail. Do you get my point? And I said, why should the prophet be the tail? Then it hit me. Normal prophets are not the tail. But when you give prophets money and they start prophesying according to what you want, they are not the tail you are wagging. That's why God called the prophets that prophesied lies is the tail. They are being wagged by the animal. What am I saying so? If you see what Mammon has done to prophets, they start prophesying lies. This one, my sister called me daddy that their pastor said, why some people are having problems this morning, he wants to solve their problems, is that when they were young, their parents vowed some sacrifices to the gods. But they've not gone to church, they've not paid those vows. And those spirits have been pursuing the family up and down for redemption of the vows. So, okay, it makes sense. I mean, if you are worshipping demons, demons have a right to claim what is their portion. Except that you are preaching this in church. So, sir, what are we going to do about it? Say, this morning, I'm going to collect all the sacrifices on behalf of the gods. See. Okay, okay. So that you will not faint. He didn't say the way I said the latter part. But he said the first part. That they will bring that vow to church this morning. It's not on behalf of the gods. Because he said, the gods are worrying you because you have not paid. He now said he's going to collect it this morning. You bring it to church this morning. Is it not on behalf of the gods so they can stop worrying you? Look, do you know, my sister left her daddy. She could not rest. She called me say, Pastor, please. I went and met one of their pastors here. That what are you people up to in that your denomination? I, no, I told him. Look at what your guy is preaching in Port Harcourt, One of your branches. He said, no, that they need to report this one to headquarters. The painful part for me is that that Sunday morning, people were coming out. Now, first, it's all a scam. Let's first get something clear. It's all a scam. What am I saying? It's all a scam. One, you were not there when your father vowed. How do you know what he vowed? That's number one. Number two, what he vowed was an animal. You want to bring new Naira notes. Does it make any sense? <laughs> Look, do you know, my sister left church. She was alarmed. Like I said, for me, the painful part was that Christians actually came out to redeem a pledge made to a false god. Do you know that's what is called worship? 
Do you know it means you are still worshipping those gods? And let me tell you that, Pastor. Eh? If you are a pastor like that, now this is not a curse. It's not wishing you evil. It's a warning. One or two things will happen to you. You either drop dead suddenly or you will go mad. There's no third option. I don't think the spirit has another option. You either drop dead suddenly or you will go mad. You will go insane. You are dabbling into dangerous things. Told about the young man head of in Enugu here that used to fast for people. Yeah. If you go to one man of God, he prescribes for this fast for you, and you have to. You are going for a program. You don't have time, so you go and meet him. He will charge you maybe in today's time five thousand naira a day. So give him twenty thousand. So while you are doing your business, he's fasting for you. Say whole racket. So I said, so when they heard that thing, we were laughing about it. I said, where is it? They said, it's dead. I said, yes, no. You think you are joking. You are invoking things. People don't know. They said, he's dead. I said, no, he will die. No, 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 no. He will die. You can't do that and not die. It's, carried the sins. it's called carrying the sins of other people. You will die. Anytime you carry other people's sins, you are sacrificed. That's the way it works. I said, no, he's going to die. What's wrong with him? You think you eat that kind of money and go free? No, now let each person bear his own load. But all those things are not Christianity, by the way. They are not. A lot of these spiritual gyrations people get involved in, they are not Christianity. Let me tell you what Christianity is. It's simple. Everything is defined by what God did in Christ. That is what Christianity is. Everything is defined by what God did in Christ. So if you say, I'm having ancestral curse problems, you will sit down. So let's handle it the Christ way. Have you given your life to Christ? Mm, you are not sure. Ah, it's not hard. On your knees. Then I quickly run through in three, four, five minutes for you what the gospel is about. That you are a sinner. That the sacrifice of God to free from your sins is Christ Jesus. But there's only one condition. You have to give your life to him. From today you live for him alone. He has a plan for you. Are you ready to step on that road? Start walking in that plan? On that path of obeying him every step of the way? Jesus is not Lord. He's not Savior first. He's Lord first. He only saves those who hand over their lives to him. Salvation is for those who gave their lives to Christ Jesus. You can't be saved by him and walk away. You are saved by him and you remain his own. If you walk away, you go back into bondage. So I explain it to such a person. And the person says, yes, I am ready. He says, yes, I am ready for Christ Jesus. I say, now say after me. Lord, you are leading me sinner's prayer. That ancestral curse, we just confirmed it broken. That's it. All the Including the ones he did not know he had. Many people don't even, they don't know their problems. Yes. It's it, 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 not every problem that manifests earlier. Some problems, some, some of these problems here, they've been designed that you come to upon you when you are 50. But you've been, you've been generating since you are 20. You don't know. There's another problem you came here to solve. That one, you came upon you when you were 27. The real problem of your life is coming upon you at 50. But the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all of them. Including the ones you did not know were supposed to be activated at the age of 55, 70. Everything is purified by the blood of Jesus. Every voice that is speaking against you has been silenced by the blood of Jesus. Because that blood speaks. So, another of those are joker brethren. They carry me in a chair. 
It's everywhere people are hanging between heaven and earth because of you. I also hang and I jump them. See, I tell people like that. Eh? No, you are, one day you will drop dead or you'll go mad. See, let me tell you about evil spirits. When you, when you come against them on the wrong premise, that is on their turf, they will finish you. They will strip you naked. They are angry. You don't get they are angry. They're angry with me. That's banking. They can't do anything. They're angry with Paul. They could not do anything. They're angry with many people. They can't do anything. They now find somebody they can do something. So the anger against Banky, Paul, Peter, all of you sitting down here, all the vex that they have against all of you. They now find one person that was foolish enough to get into ring with them. And this is a cage fight. No referee. Mixed martial arts. They don't pulverize you. They are not leaving that place. And the way they pulverize, finally, you just die. Or the only escape is they remove your brain. The rest of your life, you can't think again. You literally be insane. That's why I ain't jamming spirits for nobody. Because Jesus has jammed all the spirits. I just walk through the road that he has created. And I invite everybody to walk with me on that road. This man says, jamming spirits. They said, they're hanging. Me too, I hang. I said, you're hanging? They're carrying a chair. The spirits that are hanging, they hang. <laughs> they don't carry them. I told you I read the book of a witch. I don't know whether it's the one that was raped. I think this one has not even given her life to Christ. No, she just wrote a book as a witch. When a small witch went to collect power and came to try her, she was a senior witch. She used her eyes, eh? took that small girl and threw her into a wall. Not a figurative wall, a physical, literal wall that they had to use chisel and hammer to chisel her out of the wall. A witch. Just look at small witch. What did they worry? Just, he said, just carry eye. Pick the girl up with her eyes and flung her into a wall and buried her in the, in the wall and walked away. They had to go and get hammer and chisel to break the wall to get that girl out. They are the ones you want to come and say you are hanging. And your own hanging now, now hand, they take carry you for chair. Those guys hang literal. If you open the door where they are hanging, they are suspended in the air. You want to fight them with somebody carrying a chair. They will destroy all of you. You? But that's see, if you, if you know you are born again, stay where Christ kept you. When you tell somebody is hanging, tell the person, get away. Say, won't you hang? Say, why should I hang when I'm ready to sit in heavenly places? Hanging, which hang? I saw this pastor hanging and pride it. Oh my God, the one that pains me is the way the church will now be generated. Amen, 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 amen. I said, yeah. Why is foolishness this popular? It's amazing. And people like us are not the problem. Yeah, we're, we're the ones that now call the problem. Look at all of this. What? The Lord is good. True deliverance. Like I said, what Christianity is. It's not all these gyrations. Christianity is defining life by what God has done in Christ Jesus. And I'm saying your deliverance is in Christ Jesus. And I'm saying your freedom has been concluded, established in Christ Jesus. How does it become practical in your life? It's simple. Go and find, listen to this. Find out what he says that he has done in Christ and claim it in prayer. No, that's how life is. 
The way you handle it is simple. Okay, now, you hear what I said now? That my deliverance is established in Christ. But there are these two evil, and you know them. They, you, you can recognize them if they show up in the market. But they only come at night when you are sleeping. Yeah, people go through some of those things. Now, let me just say this quickly. Small digression again. When I talk like this, people think that I don't know these things happen. I know they do. I'm not talking like again because they don't. That's why they say I didn't know African demons. I know they're African demons. I know they are witches who worry people. I'm just saying you real deliverance. So if you're one of those kind of one of those people that they are worrying, it's simple. Now you you know the truth. You know sometimes you can plan for what you will do in the next dream. Yeah, the reason is that some of those dreams are not really dreams. They are real spiritual activities that you are participating in. But because they happen at night in a funny state of mind, you think it's a dream. So you can plot ahead. Say, no, I'll, I'll wait for you now. When those, because they think they, can, they, they have a hold of you. When they come this time around, you'll have prayed. Say, God, give me boldness according to your word. Because God has not given us the spirit of timidity. He hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and what? Sound mind. In fact, you know, let me tell you something. Eh? In the realm of the spirit, in fact, they won't come again. You wait for that fight. That fight will not happen. They, oh no! They, next time they want to come, they smell your victory from afar. Yeah, they can smell it. They can smell it. They can smell it. Neville Johnson said that the realm of the spirit is colorful. They can see the brilliance of the colors of your victory. Once you come to know about it, which is why, why Paul said, I'm doing my share in my body, in that which is, lack, is lacking in the sacrifice of Jesus. That is when Jesus has done something for people and they don't know about it, it's like he didn't do anything. So once you've come to know what he has done, knowledge in spiritual things, remember I've said it before, is not intellectual information. It's power. So just by you knowing that, oh, in Christ, me, I'm free. And I say, yes, my brother. My sister, yes, you are free. Say, in Christ, you mean I've been redeemed? So these spirits don't have any power over me. They can't do anything. So, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Once you leave that there, with that knowledge, you have built muscle. You have armed yourself. You've carried your spiritual weapons. You have loaded them properly. Some of them, they self-detonate when enemies cross boundaries. Today, brother... I told the story a lot of times. Said a spirit. Now he didn't use the word spirit. I'm the one that used the word spirit. Said a spirit was following him around, intending to kill him. What he just knew, he had a deep conviction that by this age I will be dead. Nobody told him. He just knew it. Let me just say age 40. It's not 40. All right. Just want to use it for illustration today. It's something earlier than that. But let's just say 40. He said he just knew something. He knew that he would not live beyond the age of 40. How he knew, he did not know. But he just knew it. 40, I'm gone. He said, but this is something that used to follow. He says, anywhere he's somewhere, he feels somebody's following him. So bad that he actually used to check. He's in his house. Suddenly, he just opens the door to check who's in the kitchen. He won't see anybody. Anyway, why am I telling you the story? Because along the line, a few years before that, maybe a year or two, he gave his life to Christ Jesus. After he gave his life to Christ, now this point I'm making, I'm talking about some, some things that self-detonate, some weapons. That's why I remember. He never prayed about that experience. He did not tell the person who preached to him about that experience, the experience he used to have. But he stopped. See, then one day he just realized that, wait, oh, somebody used to follow me about what I could not see. 
then he, had, he realized he had not had that feeling in maybe weeks or months. No, I just said, let's take 40 as the age, right? A few days to that, his 40th birthday. We'll just be 40 hypothetically, right? Or just to illustrate. And I'm rather shot him at close quarters. Close. When they take his car. They just double-crossed him. Bam. The guy jumped out, pointed a gun at him. Close. Boom. And fired. But do you know what happened? The bullet didn't hit him. It hit a part of the it hit a part of the body of the car and the bullet dropped into the, 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 the door. But the man who was watching, because he abandoned another person's car, tried to take his own. The owner of the other car, funny enough, saw him dead. What played in his mind was that they shot that guy and killed him. But because they abandoned his own car, they took that guy with their car, with his car and left. He ran to the police station and reported what happened. And he made a statement that they killed the owner of the car they took after his own. That one came to the station at that time while he was talking with the policeman. So I, he overheard the statement and said, oh, it was your car they abandoned? Yeah, it was my car they took. The guy said, no, it can't be yours. The owner was killed. He told me. He said, I, ha- I got to an argument with him to prove that it was my I described the car, described what happened. So the guy was looking at it like, how did you survive? I saw that guy shoot you. When they recovered his car later, they found the bullet. As it was traveling towards him, now I'll give you my interpretation and they tell you what happened. An angel put a hand, blocked it, dropped it into the body of the car. But you know what happened? Just before then, by a minute before then, he was with a friend. That one said, please, can you wind down? Or wind up, one of the two. So he moved the glass. The, those of you who know about cars, the rail that carries the glass was moved into the pathway of the bullet. So he just moved that thing to the place where the guy was going to shoot through. That thing trapped the bullet and dropped into the body of the car. They saw everything. When they opened it, they saw it. Now, when I heard it, what struck me was the fact that the other fellow had a picture of what was planned. My emphasis is his deliverance. His deliverance was not deliberate like, I begin to deliver you. I, be- oh, I begin to deliver you right now. I begin to deliver you. That weapon self-detonated. See, once you know of the victory that God has given you in Christ Jesus, that knowledge frees you. That's why I say to you, I can't rem- See, they worship idol in my own family too. The name I bear now, Luciano, is not my original name. I changed it myself as an adult. I also grew up with the name of an idol. They worshipped there too. I would not all Africans. I have never joined anybody for a deliverance service. Never in my life. I've had problems too. Don't see pastors because you don't you know the country I've gone through. We have all been through one thing or the other. Just be living in Nigeria right now, you have been through something. <laughs> who hasn't been through something? And I mean, we have all been through, I've, I've had issues. I come on. But it has never crossed my mind. No, I, I say something all the time. That there are things if I do now, God will have to punish me. You come and tell me that witches are after you and I still have to pray about them. I'm in trouble. I have to go and sleep. Because if I still have to pray about them, God will be angry. Banky, what is wrong with you? Just me, witches cannot be after me. I really don't know. He doesn't care. You know, like, I mean, <laughs> cockroaches are after me. Ants are after me. I think cockroaches worry me more than witches, really. 
If you tell me crawfish are after me, I'm going to buy insecticide. If you tell me witches are after me, I'm going to do nothing. Seriously. I'm going to do nothing. I won't do anything. I won't do anything. I won't tell my wife and my children that they say in this family, that they say witches are after us. So I want people to know that in Christ we are victors. I'm not even going to discuss it. I will not dignify your stupidity with my attention. Lie, lie. I won't. I won't even confess I'm free. I won't. I'm always free. <laughs> Why? You say, Pastor Baki, why do you know this? Because one of the first things I was taught as a young Christian, and it has stayed with me till today, is that when you are in Christ, you are seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. I was taught that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I was taught that one. The only problem I ever had was arrogance. No arrogance. Feeling too big with yourself. But I never felt small. Never. We got into the realm of our angels. We command you to come. I stopped that nonsense now. But that's only... <laughs> that's the only one we did. I did not sit down and be saying, which is, I want you to know, I'm a victor in Christ Jesus. Which? You, don't you know it? And you know I know it. And you know I know you know I know it. <laughs> People of God, it's not me. It's all of us. It's a Christ thing. What did I say? It's a Christ thing. Christianity is defining your life by what God has done in Christ. Christianity is not defining your life by your good works. No. Sometimes people define their victory by how much they have prayed. That's how they get into trouble. So after that 40 days, you see the arrogant walk. The devil knew he was in trouble. After 40 days fast, you will soon see that you are the one that's in trouble. No, what I'm telling you is not a joke. I've seen Christians, you know, sometimes I see believers say, I feel for them. That is, I feel bad for them. Why? You see their confidence, you see where it is based, and you start getting scared. That this person is in trouble. Oh, you know, after Papa declared the 50-day the fast, or let's say the three weeks fast, and then in my family, we began to fast. And you see, I told my children they could not eat. Do you know even my babies fasted till 12? Now, if you make babies fast, you're a wicked soul. If you're a Christian, now you make suckling babies. So you no breast till, till 12 noon. It's, it's absolute wickedness. Do you live in Nineveh? What's your problem? What's wrong with people? looking for my friend. We used to fast in their house those days, in quotes. One day, she said she fasted so much, God had to send her food. So she ate the food. Said, but he didn't tell her, but I said, like, like, if he had told your mother, she would deliver you. <laughs> no, you don't make babies. Don't, don't, don't punish children, please. Eh? Please. Some people take pride in it. You see, nonsense pride. And that's what I call it. So after that day, even by, even by, I told my children, no. Even the baby father is at 12 o'clock. And you're looking. Then now, the 21 days over. We know that this year will be good. Yeah! I know the year is already bad. I, I know the year is already bad. There's nothing you want to say. That person will have a bad year. You're a Christian? The year will be bad. Listen, I said it. That year is going to be horrible. Then if you go and meet a man who doesn't know, he's going to tell you that the year is bad because your fast was not pure. You will say, what happened? He will look and say, 
Did you drink water? <laughs> Say, Pastor, yes. No, I was very, I was almost, uh, yes, I drank water from 12. It was supposed to break by 4. I drank water from 12. Ah! You're not going to do biribiri? You know what they call biribiri? Ah, Auntie me. You don't know what's biribiri? Tell them now. Ah, you don't know biribiri? If you grew up where white garment people did. Ah, yeah. They call biribiri is fast with no end. If you say three days, you are not breaking anywhere along the line with water or with food. Aha. Yeah, that's what they call biribiri. White garment man will prescribe our biribiri for you. That's biribiri fast. Look. You must be delivered one way or the other. Because... At the end of the day, you will die so that the demons can go away because. <laughs> ah. That is. They not said, okay, now you're going to do biribiri. Do you know Christians will go there? They will not eat, they will not drink for three days. This is the painful part again for me. And they think that's the source of deliverance. You want to know the truth? They will not be delivered. Why? You have not brought Christ to them. He said they overcame him. How? By the blood of the lamb. Next line. By the word of their testimony. Let me stop at that point. The blood of the lamb. How do you overcome by the blood? There are two sides. One, the blood accomplished something. There was the word of your testimony. Because the blood speaks. So you must speak the same thing the blood is speaking. To activate that deliverance in your life. Isn't it about being hungry? Sometimes I see what Christians put their hope in. I shiver. This year will be good. Oh, it is end of January now. People want to look for where they will put their first fruit so that the whole year will be holy. If that's what you are doing, don't send us money, please. May God, for, God forgive you. Don't get me involved in your idiocy. I don't have time for it. If you are looking for where to cast your first fruit so that the, left 12, the other 11 months will be holy, it is not Kingdom World Ministries. Go and cast your white government church and leave me out of it. If you want to give us money, it's because you... You want to help us. You want to join us in what we are doing. We don't take sacrifices. Okay, now. We don't take... No, I'm telling you the truth. Don't come and use us for all this, your witchcraft. When I give them this, I will travel safely. Accident is your portion, if you try that with me. If you want to give me this ministry money, it's because you are happy. You are grateful to God. You believe what we are doing. You put all those things together, you say, ah, bah. People say, ah, oh God, me too, self now. Abba, let's join this thing now. Hey, do you get my point? That's the one we understand, though. That's what's called a free will offering. Our brother Paul is over there. How is he doing? Epaphroditus. Oh, yeah, come and take these things that we have gathered. Go and meet him and help him out in the work of ministry. That's what we believe in. All this juju that people are doing inside church, don't join me. My children are going to school. You come and give me an offering, they will fail. If you are looking for who will help them pass, don't give me. Don't put it. See, I'm warning you now. This juju people Christians do it. It's annoying. What they don't know is that this is how God feels. When you've gone to build confidence in nonsense, it now collapses and you're looking like God, God feels me again. Do you know one foolish girl said that on Twitter? She did, what is it? Uh, English, what they call this when you want to run away to Canada? Uh-huh. She wanted to do it here. She feels. Why won't you feel? We are speaking with an abrupt tongue for you, woman. How won't you feel? 
Say if you to come to Enugu, stay with us for like one month. Let's let's brush you up. That name parallelogram. Why won't you fail? Why won't you fail? Want to? <laughs> you, think, you think your seed will cover that? <laughs> what about that? Do you know this girl failed the exam? He said, God has failed me again. I said, the reason why she can say that is that she paid God. Yeah, she showed the sheet. You know, when you show a sheet and God. <laughs> she must have showed the sheet. It's when you show, you know. <laughs> Because if you had gone to beg, you can't make any claim. Yeah. 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 But when you show a like, go, ah, what is it? My lock God, you know, the lock, lock God. Where my, my money? My money. You collect my general salary, you don't let me pass. Now, come on. <laughs> he said, the whole year is supposed to be. <laughs> one day, one guy, and I saw you go to church, they say you do something dangerous. When I heard the story, I burst into laughter. I said, God is very good. No, there are times God is punishing people, you just know his goodness. Say, God, you are kind. You handle this guy. The guy, they say, if you give a million naira, is it to me? I don't know how much he gave. Now he step out. Ha! Man of God blessed him in a funny way. Let's not go into that one. Some people are so foolish. Man of God say, lay your hands on me so I can pray for you. And you do. Yeah, some people do that. They don't, their anointing is draining. They don't know. Juju man is collecting the little you have. What have we not seen in this Christianity? People, people have, they have, they you know, they whitewashed idolatry and brought him to church. Like yesterday, I was talking to one of our brothers. <laughs> this is something that made me laugh. Lagos, people, God bless you. It's well with you. I know some of you are saying amen. That amen. You know, everybody has their own sin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. In most of Western Nigeria, minus Lagos, they pursue, you know, Ajayle, Ajayita, you know, those kind of things. Which inside the house, which outside the house, that's what they do. Yeah. In Eastern Nigeria, what do we pursue? I think we do as extra courses. What else do we do? We, we pursue mothers-in-law, you know, spirit husband, spirit wife. Lagos people don't have time for spirit husband and spirit wife. What they are looking for is money. Is money. So the brother said that what they do in Lagos now, if you want your church to grow, you will go and read business principles. You come and teach it from scripture and show them that networking is a principle taught by God. Hallelujah. You now begin to show them where David networked with Joab. And Joab network with Abishai, and then you see, then in that midst of that network was Abiata the priest. Hallelujah. Then the church go full. Every, every man one hammer. I said, ah, Is that what they do in Lagos? So most churches in Lagos are business centers. They sort of business schools. They are teaching you how to hammer from scripture. The same things that they teach in Lagos business school. You also hear it in church on Sunday. Except that your pastor says, let us pray before he does his own. In LBS, they don't care whether they pray or they don't pray. In your church, pastor says that you will support this one with a seed. You know, if you want your business to do well, what you're going to do is commit to the Lord that a certain proportion of my profit is going to go into the work of the gospel. That is juju. It's not Christianity. That negotiation is not Christianity. It's juju. It's a Christianized juju. You are still, you are still worshipping money. God is your mafia done. You are paying protection money. Don't be stupid. The people don't, that's, that's, that's not Christianity. It's not Christianity. 
Someone like, oh no, let me not do too many things. Let me just do my message. But listen, you don't do deals with God. I will give you this, then you multiply the rest. That's okay, I'm not doing. Why do people think that anything they say, God will say yes? Have you noticed that thing? They just assume that once they say to him, he has said yes. So I told God that any money I earn, I will give him 25% and the rest is going to expand. And they assume he took 25%. Well, God is eyeing 99%. So that deal, he said, Andrew, I checked that deal. Enough favor me. <laughs> but you didn't come to him to hear. People are planning to make the year good on wrong premises. You want to make the year good and your confidence is in something apart from what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Remember the story of my one, one young woman, one sister that came here that time at our old place. When she finished talking with me that day, the Bible says concerning the rich, uh, the rich young ruler that Jesus loved him like Apostle was telling us yesterday. That's how I felt for that young girl that day. Ah! I saw a young woman who, I don't know whether she's confused or she was seeking the Lord, I really don't know. But this young lady, she says, sir, I suffered. Eh? Why were you doing that? I said that she was a youth copper. Youth copper. Every allowance they give her, she carried to church. Every, every month, as they pay in Halawi. What are coppers supposed to do with Halawi? It's not to eat small, give small, transport, things like that. How on? She carried the whole Chingo church, offering basket. Wow. Because the eye the Lord, I test the heart, right? God tested her heart. For 12 months or whatever period, 11 months, the girl suffered. She said that one day was her birthday. Somebody now sent her money. Ah, okay, it's your birthday. We'll take this 20K. She said, ah, this one. I'll be able to manage. I'll spread it small. So then she now went to church on Sunday. And the pastor now preached a message. That except it pains you. So what happened was she's been painting all the while, but this one now was the balm that God sent, balm of Gilead to assuage the pain a bit. So she could say, lest I be painless, she carried it in, drop him again. She said, that hunger almost killed her. So I said, I was standing like this, she was standing down, you know, I was looking at her like, how were you eating that? She used to visit her friends and, you know, stuff like that. So I now asked a simple question. I said, but Why? He said, sir, they told those that's how to prosper. Those were her words. He said, they told us that's how to prosper. That's why I felt sorry for her. That's why I had compassion on her. I said, they told you this how to prosper? I should have asked, have you prospered now? No. Why don't you just realize that it doesn't work? I told her, I said, no. I said, God answered your prayer. I told her like that. He said, how? I said, he brought you to see me. His answer, I'm your deliverance. I'm your deliverance. I said, ah, my girl, that's not how they prosper. That is not how to prosper at all. You are giving on wrong premises. The giving was not acceptable before God. What would you, God was just shaking his head. Say, what is wrong with this girl? God was shaking his head. That you see, you're not, why didn't he stop her? Because she was not pursuing God. She was pursuing money. People don't realize it. Let me tell you, pursuing money is evil. There are different ways to pursue money. Some people pursue money in a very, very evil, evil way. You go and shoot somebody. That's evil, evil way. Some people pursue money in an evil way too. They'll be sleeping around with big men. Sugar daddy, that's evil. 
Some people pursue money in an evil way. They steal. So Christians usually don't pursue money in that evil way. So they pursue money in a godly way. What they don't know, as far as God is concerned, is still pursuing money. So their own pursuit of money is that plant a seed. Because why do you plant a seed? You are pursuing money. In heaven, you and the Asher, the same thing. Why? It's pursuit of money. She's pursuing the way she knows. You are doing it the way you know. Both of you are serving an idol called Mammon. So they give, 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 give. Like I said, why I want to do that? Let me not sit on that one too much. Why I want to do that? People start their lives on wrong premises and they expect God to uphold them. So they give an offering. So God must defend them. So when they have trouble, God doesn't defend them. And they're like, God, ah, you want to fail me again? Because I did not take your exam. I can't fail. You made an agreement. I did not. Okay, where did I sign? He said, no, but the Bible says that wealth is a covenant. He said, yes. How? Have you heard that interpretation before? That the Bible says that it is the Lord that God has given you power to carry wealth. That it might fulfill what? A covenant. You've heard that part before. So now say, what did they now say? You will make a covenant with God. But that is a very, very faulty interpretation. Because what he said is that, that he may fulfill the covenant that he swore to your fathers. That covenant exists till today. It is not a covenant you are swearing now. Is a covenant he swore to your fathers. You don't initiate any covenant with him. You receive the one he has established. You walk into it by circumcision. So as Christians, we walk into covenant that he made with Christ Jesus by the shedding of his blood when we give our lives to Christ. We don't make deals with God. I see Christians make deals all the time. Now my emphasis for today is that they now want to enter the year on the wrong foundations. They have told God, I will give him 25%. Therefore, he will do this. And God said, when did I say I will? When did you and I start making such agreements? You initiate an agreement I sign. Are you smoking something? Is it bona legal in your own country too? Why on God's earth, or why on my earth, are you claiming I made an agreement that I was not part of? Are you high on something? Listen, people, you can't go and make an agreement with God and he will sign on it. You are too small for that. He's the one that initiates an agreement. Then you sign it. And the one initiated in Christ Jesus is simple. He died for all. Those who live will no longer live for themselves. They will live for the one who died and rose again on their behalf. That's all. That is why actually you can't even make any... You you know I keep on telling Christians, you can't make God promises. You can't. How are you going to do it? Say, I want to give him 10% of his own money. Are you high? The only promise you can make to God is, Lord, the promise I made at the beginning helped me to fulfill it, which is what to live for you alone. So anything I'm doing that is wrong, I must stop it. As you reveal to me that this is wrong, I wash it out of my life. As you give me the opportunity to serve you, I will serve. Including with my money. That's all. There's no bribing God with anything. That's why I said, look, all these things, you know, I was talking about people now carry something to Christianity. Like, like I said, like negotiations to carry business to church. What would the rest of us do in the rest of the country is that we carry idolatry to church. There are different ways. Orthodox people have their own. They will, they will build shrines inside church. They will put ring on dead people's heads and put their image there and canonize them. Call somebody, Saint Anthony, that helps us find missing things. 
All of it is Greek mythology, European idol worship. I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all, that's all it is. Pentecostals now say that we can't do that. You know why? We are Pentecostals. So what we are going to do is idolize principles. No, carry idolatry principles. Our own fake worship is principles. We now bring the principles to church. Today's principle is giving and receiving. Hallelujah. If you give it, if you give ten thousand naira, God will multiply it to a hundred thousand. You can iterate that the number of times before the end of the year. You're a millionaire too. Amen. So it's going to start today. We're going to start today. Amen. You're going to give ten thousand. Within a month, I'm a man of God. I'm telling God, make it a hundred. So if you give another hundred before December, boy, you're done good too. Think about it. I will not carry a few scriptures, twist them upside down. Forgetting that Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples who were not looking for money. They said to him, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You want to use words given for those who are looking for eternal life. You want to use it to make money like Dangote. It's idolatry. Pure idolatry. You don't give to God to get. I'm defining what Christianity is. What is Christianity? Christianity is defining your life by what God has done in Christ. That is what Christianity is. Defining your life by what God has done in Christ. You say, okay, let's talk about that money thing as an example. Pastor Banky, I'm going to do this here. Well, okay, simple. He said, you know the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. That you and I, through his poverty, might be made rich. That has broken the curse of poverty. I don't need to kill a goat, kill a cow, or give a special seed. Or give anybody my, you know, my 100% January salary. Small digression. This is first fruit. It's not first fruit. It's Nigerian Christian habit. Handing out your 100% salary of January to a church is not first fruit. It's the way you like it. People have said, can I give 100% of my salary to a church? I say, it's your money. I can give 200% if I like. Yes, it's my money. And that's not supposed to be a joke. I remember I went to a church once. It's a church I love. I love the pastor. I love the people there. They were doing a project. I told the man, please, can you, how do you get money for this? He said, this money they need. Ah! I said, he said, there's a bank that used to help them. I said, take the money from the bank. I will pay it. I told him, he said, okay, this amount. I said, right. I can promise half of it. My portion take from that bank. I will pay it. I will pay the interest. I didn't have the money. And I told him flat. I will have given you the money. It's just I don't have it. But you, as somebody I know, I make you a promise. If you take that money, I will pay. You refuse to take the money. Eh, no problem. But I still paid. So when I now had money, okay, how much do I agree on? He told me. I wired it to them. You know why? It's my money. He said, look, it's my money. So when I said to you, you can give 200%. It's not supposed to be a joke. It's not supposed to be a joke. It's your money. Many times in this life, huh, you make... It's personal pledge. I don't, I don't have to tell, tell the person, okay, this is what we'll do. And I'll be doing this more, more. The way God has helped me is that if I see a good cause, okay, I just contribute my own portion to it. If it's within the kind of thing that maybe like, if, if I see a good cause in Nicaragua, I may not go in this kind of fire way, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad, I'm talking about the one I feel like I can, I can put my hand into. Just make a small commitment. In fact, there was one the other day, told, I said, look, this one, all right, these people are supposed to go to school. So guys are trying to help them. 
I said, okay, what I can do is contribute my portion. So every month or every other month, I send them some. It, does, it doesn't have to be big. But at the end of the year, it comes to a tidy sum. You know why? It's my money. Thank you. Okay, let's put it like this. God gave me the money to administer. So the money is under my authority. It is. So when I say you can give, it's not supposed to be a joke. I'm not saying Christians should not give. Now, of course, how can I say that? I am saying we can't give for the wrong reasons. We can't enter the year and say, okay, I have given God January. So the other 11 months, he must do something. And you know what I want, you want to know what he's saying? I don't agree. I'm telling you he's saying that. That your arrangement, I don't like it. People say it's the first fruit. It's not true. I don't have time to teach you. Now. You can go to our website. Go to the, uh, I think, sermon or blog section. You'll find it. I talked about, can I give, should I give my generosity to my church as well? So I say it's your money. You can do anything you like. It. But if you say the God commanded that, I can give a small, straightforward answer. No, he did not. Nobody should use the scriptures to twist it for you. He never did. Yeah, what about 10% of the mic? It's your money. You can do 10%, 20, 50, 99, as you like it. But my own emphasis for today, don't finish doing that and start in your mind thinking God owes you. That's my own emphasis. My emphasis is not the practice. Is that please, don't enter into a new year on wrong premises. Don't say because I did 30 days fasting and prayer in January, the year will be good. It's not true. You can finish fasting and pray, you go to the cross. What's wrong with you? After Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. You know what that means? Wahala day. People do think, God doesn't, didn't make any such promise. Like I said, you interpret your life based only on what God did for you in Christ. If you want the year to be good, it's simple. We're talking about money, right? Of course, God is not about money, it's about provision. About provision, like provision and productivity. What is poverty? Lack of provision, lack of productivity. That's what poverty is. Lack of provision, lack of productivity. So what is wealth? The Lord that God gives you the ability to get ability. That's the literal Hebrew. So that ability to produce is what wealth is. You know of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. So that you through his poverty might be made rich. That's what he has done. That's the spiritual side concluded, firm, on your behalf. Then you start living in the light of that. What do I mean? If you have challenges in life, never interpret it as an ancestral curse. Like I said, just get rid of ancestral behaviors. That's it. If I, if, I don't know what I, initially I had planned to finish this today, but the way it's going now, I don't know. Let me see. I, I, I don't think I'll be able to do everything. So, like I said, well, we'll split it next time. But it may, go, it may be a good time to just go over into the next thing. Which is what I wanted to just actually use to summarize it today. So, back to what I was saying. There are principles, for example, of productivity. Of wealth for believers. Number one, you must not love money. As a law, you don't love money. You don't look at money as God. You cannot serve mammon. Your desire must not to be materially rich. God does not accept it. He said, if your focus is on being materially rich, you are walking in sin. You will pierce yourself through with many sorrows. You can't help it. So the first thing you do as a believer is to win yourself off 
that dependence on money to supply all your needs. There are times you say, okay, I work seven hours a day. And that's the only way I can make everything balance. Make my accounts balance. So all my needs to be supplied. God looking at you say, you're not serious. There's a reason why I give a principle of Sabbath. Whether account balance or not balance, say I'm not going to work today. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to church. You won't have enough money, but I will have enough God. Leave me. See, let me tell you something about faith. Part of faith is, if I die, let me die. Part of faith is that there will be no food there. We will not, we will not eat. So we we'll pray for grace to sleep on an empty stomach. You know, there, there are all kinds of grace. Oh, uh, grace, grace plenty. No one thing happened. You know, not a big thing, but just that I was awake then around 2 a.m. We had a power issue in my area, so I think they've been trying to fix it. So my neighbor was blowing gen. Generator was on. I was awake at that time. So generator, the generator just went, mm, mm, mm. You know when generator starts, start raising engine for you? Mm, mm, mm. What does it mean? If we're done, I'll go, go, I'll be. Is that how they say it again? Exactly. Don't do full finish. As the guy was doing, mm, mm, I just hear, Pah! what is that? Ah! I said, this man, God is on your side. <laughs> I said, God is on your side. Because as it's, it's around 2 a.m., as if Jen was just about to go off, they just restored the public power. I said, wow, this is the anointing of God. You can imagine the man, maybe that noise woke him up like, oh, this Jen is about to go off. He said, Father, I give you praise. Then the angel just said, don't worry, you won't need it. Switch off the thing. Switch on the thing. Sometimes that's what God does for us. As the financial gen is doing like this. Mm, mm, mm. I say, are they here? But sometimes they say, no, the gen must not do like that. You are hustling up and down, hustling up and down. I say, no, wala. If I don't hear, mm, 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 I'm not saying anything. <laughs> sometimes you have to let God know. Say, Baba God, may person even die for your hand. What will it be like? So let me just come and die. <laughs> no, seriously. Sometimes you have to treat God like that. I told you what happened to me last time now. It is sounds funny, but I actually did it. I was feeling very, very ill. Very ill. That's what I told you about. That was um, 2021. Yes. No, it wasn't a joke. My friend just died. The day he died, the following day I took ill. So it's not it's kind of that cause panic. In fact, his wife panicked. His wife was on the phone. Where is Banky? Who has checked on him? Phone calls are flying up and down because of me. Now why am I talking about it? I was very, very ill. I mean, I was absent from here for weeks. I just told my wife. See, if anything happens to me, nobody's taking me to hospital. Do you hear, do you hear what I said? I told her flat. If I become unconscious, you will leave me on this bed. I said, I pointed at one big bed sheet we had. White. Not bed sheet. Tower. These very big towels. Right? White. was still in a wrap. You know, still packed. New. I said, you take it, lay it down, and make sure I lie on top of it. Then let me pass out. And I meant it. I wasn't joking. I said, I'm going to wake up at the end. Either here, or with the Lord. You know, it was my instruction. So I said, get the bed sheet, lay it down here. I said, that will represent the bosom of God. 
He won't take care of me. Let me die. And I wasn't joking. No? There are times as a believer, you should get to that point. He said, I'm not writing an application. I don't tire. Ah, 50 applications. What has come out of it? I'm not writing again. He said, next job, God will bring it to this house. If he doesn't bring it here, I will starve. Leave it. It has to get to that. You know, sometimes we take, treat this faith as it, it means we have control. You begin to declare. You stay like this. And, you know, and then, and then, and then if it doesn't work like that, you begin to command angels. Angels, I command you right now, begin to bring it. No, God will wait for you to finish. You know, <laughs> I saw one movie the other day. Was it the whole movie or a part of it? I can't remember. The guy said he had the fear of drowning and he served in the military. So one day his ogre, it's a movie, but there's a principle there. So his ogre took him on a boat and pushed him over and rode the boat away. And said, keep walking under the water until you're tired. So he swam. He was swimming. He swam until he was tired. So the person he was asking now said, then what happened? He said, then I drowned. So, but you're alive. He said, yes. After he passed out, after he went under the water, the ogre fished him out, sucked the water out of his lungs, revived him, and said, welcome to my unit. He said, now you can serve under my unit. I don't want anybody fearing water, walking under... No, he said, said, look, the man killed the fear of drowning from him. He said, no, 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 no. now you have drowned, shall be? He said, said, this drown, you don't drown, am I? He said, now we can go go to war. You know, you know Jesus Christ, one of the things he did, he hates fear of death. Yeah, the fear of death is why people disobey him. What is fear of death? Fear of not having money. What is fear of death? Fear of literally dying. What is fear of death? Fear of things not working. What is fear of death? What will happen to this country tomorrow? That's why people tell me something like that. You say, say, I'm living in Nigeria. Why? Do you know what will happen tomorrow? Let me tell you what will happen tomorrow. I will die. Is that not all? I know what will happen where you are going. You will live forever. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. And for information, whether I die with power failure, or die with power constant, we are both dead. We don't die. We don't die. We don't die. No, I'm telling you the truth. We don't die. <laughs> There's one quote from Helen Keller. I don't have it literally, but I remember the, con- the, the concept. How many people remember Helen Keller? All right. Helen Keller, Helen Keller was blind, right? And was partially deaf, if I remember well. And so she, was it the one that invented the Braille? But he had some, she did some great work anyway in Braille and all of that. She said, Helen Keller said that she has noticed that the way life is, ultimately, those who run away from danger are not safer than those who face it head on. She said, the way life is, that ultimately, those who run away from this danger and those who face it, two of them, they come to the same end. So what was she saying? Just face your danger and live your life. Like I said the last time, we two, two weeks ago now, that is more important in this life to be useful than to be rich. That's it. Sometimes you just look at this life and tell God, listen, listen. I won't let the fear of death be driving me up and down. I don't know what will happen tomorrow now. I said, so what are you going to do about it? Please, on Tuesdays we are teaching about it. And I'm going to move from here to there. I said, so do you know what will happen there? You know the truth? A lot of Christians don't believe. You know, I keep on saying that. A lot of people don't believe. A lot of people don't believe. Where you are going, do you know what will happen there? You have to live a kind of life, something that, look, you don't care. The brother I was talking to yesterday was just telling me something. He said, listen, who? 
that I told his wife that he doesn't, his wife is like she's not comfortable that they don't have plans. And he's not comfortable with plans. So his wife looked at him and said, you are the only person I know in Lagos that's not hustling. You live in Lagos, you are not hustling. He said, but I didn't hustle. See where I am today. He said, well, we'll go tomorrow. God will open doors for me. And that's one thing Christians must understand. What God does for you is to open doors. Each day keep busy with whatever little thing he keeps in your hands. You cannot force a new season. You can't force it. You can't force it. Sometimes he will let you try. Because if you don't try, you know go agree. If you don't try, you won't agree. Now, Abba, because you can't force this thing. But you won't agree. It's okay, go and try. In his mind, seven attempts, you will wear out. Fine. First try, then you go to another motivational speaker. Like somebody said, I saw that one on Twitter. He said before, he said, I started my business at the age of 17 or 18. Before I was 25, I was a billionaire. He said, what am I? The other guy said, you're a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah, you are. He lying to us. <laughs> you can't force a new season. So God says seven seasons, seven attempts. First attempt, you go to another motivational speaker. Third attempt, you go. Then seventh attempt, Brian Mason has motivated you, you have failed. Anthony Robbins has done his own, you have collapsed. Eh? Stephen Covey has done his own, has helped you, you have failed. Then when you have finished all the motivational speakers, you, of course, you are a Christian. You've sown seed, you've prophesied, you have drawn it on the wall, financial projection for the next year. <laughs> And then, the, of course, the quickest way you could find to reach that is cryptocurrency. And crypto has, crypto, has scripted your life. And now, you started with 100,000 naira. It's now worth like 15,000. And then you, they've lied to you that those who make it are those who hold out. That's how those who lose everything also hold out. No problem. Continue. Continue. Hold out to the end. <laughs> After everything. I mean, three years of trying everything. And I finally said to and I said, what are the plans you have? I said, bros, I have done every planning, planable. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to sit here, do what God has given me to do for this season. The day he opens a door, I will step into it. What if he doesn't open another door? No problem, we will die here. At the end of the day, every Dangote is going to die. I hope you are aware of that. You don't know that? He is going to die. Steve Jobs died. He was more than 10 times richer than Dangote. You know what happened to him? He died. There was one, one of those founding, founding guys of um, Microsoft. Died of leukemia, leukemia or lymphoma like two years ago. And one of those guys, was he of Apple? One of those guys that founded, not those big companies. Those guys were worth, I mean, if it's today's dollars, you're talking about a hundred billion. Dollars that time was much valuable than that. But than this one we have now. Those guys were worth hundreds of billions of dollars in today's dollars. You know I found out? Normal disease killed many of them. Steve Jobs died from the same cancer that kills people in UNTH here. They didn't say, you know, you're in America, you ain't gonna die. Look, he died. And they treated him well. They gave him all the treatments available. And he died. That guy had lymphoma, leukemia. They have, they have all kinds of therapies. He's a billionaire. Gene therapy, bone marrow, that stem cell transplant. They give him everything available. You know what happened? He died. I don't know why these poor people in Nigeria think they shouldn't die. You, 
<laughs> Only Jesus can save. Amalawo can never save. Hallelujah. Remember that song? Money cannot save. No country can save. Eventually everybody dies. I believe that's it. I don't know why people they treat that. And the people that live a short life live a long life, really. At the end of the day, a long, useless life is worse than a short, useful life. Just wake up every day, make sure you are useful. That's what matters. So that by the time you die, there's no important person died. Some people spend all their days pushing money, now die. All they know that another, another rat in the race has dropped out. I mean, why are you alive for goodness sake? Just be important. The one I say important now. I mean, be a blessing to people. Like this man said to me yesterday, one of our brethren, not mention his name here. Some of the things that gives me greatest joy is when I know people depend on me and I can help them. I say, you are prosperous. That's what they call prosperity. That people can depend on you. That's what they call prosperity. People may say, Ali Kudango is the richest man in the world. I have found out. I've calculated what he eats and what I eat. Yeah. I don't think he eats more than I do. You think he eats more than me? He doesn't want to. They've told him that he needs to stay healthy. He believes that me, I don't. So I have to eat more than him. <laughs> That's what I mean. You know when we were young, brothers, you remember? <laughs> I remember when they went to visit one brother. He said, do you, will you want water? So we said, yes. Then he gave somebody money to go and buy water. Ah! We said, no. If you are going to buy them, you better buy Coke. <laughs> do you get it? Yes. We travel, we're thirsty. So he said, would you like to drink water? So we said, Yes. Expect that they open the fridge and pour water the normal way. Then he handed somebody money to go and buy those is swan water and ragulis. The only two bottles in Nigeria. Remember? Amara, you are nodding. By the time you were born, there was plenty of people. Father Mbaka was making water. Those of us who know, we know when only swan and ragulis. And when you go to a party and they give bottled water, you like, oh, they served bottled water. <laughs> Now, so this bro give them money. May they go buy one big bottle of swan water. Now, we'll call the person. Now, bros, bros, come back. Change how to cook. <laughs> we're young. We're just finishing school. We're just graduating. In fact, we're not collecting our final results. We just finished exams. So, we trip to go and see this our brother. Just in the same, you know, uh, do state there. Now, I'm going to a particular point. Just a few years down the line, my friend and I left here, went to Benin. To my in-laws place, there was a function or so. So we sat. So my wife came. She, I think she was there before us. And I came. What do you guys like to eat? So she brought a drink. One brother came to visit. Joined us. He was seven. NYC. We are now, you know, relatively bigger boys. We're not big, but bigger. You know, we're married now. You know, two of us. We had our wives. And I said, What would you like to eat? They brought food and drink and everything. So I just said, No, no. Leave the water. I don't want to drink. My guy said, no, no, he doesn't want to drink. Just he will drink water. That bro was looking at us. <laughs> they were about to remove our drink, said they should leave the drink for him. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not the gist. The gist is that my friend and I looked at each other and said, we are old. That we just said, by that experience, I looked at him, Chooks, Banky, it's our turn now. That is like, Look at us now. We're now rejecting drink. This guy is in the state we were at that time. It was me and him also that went to that guy's house. That said, change the water to Coke. <laughs> I'm going to prove to you 
Yeah, they don't go to it now. You know, they not cut in the morning. People like him, they not slice the uh, asparagus with uh, the lettuce. Thank you with uh, this thing. They not put vinegar on it. They not call it. Um, they call it. They call it salad. That's what my goat eats for goodness' sake. He call it salad, but because he's rich, man, I think he's eating well. No. People like us, we still put cornflakes and granola and milk and sugar and see shake it together. We take carry gari, put granite inside. Aha. What about they say? Your rich is not that you are eating. Why do we respect a man like Dangote? Because they will tell you, Dangote Refinery is going to provide a hundred thousand direct jobs, three hundred thousand indirect jobs. It's going to end. No, they start telling you the impact it's going to have. And the whole community is developing around that. The servicing business around that business that we serve the people, the ones that we serve, the ones that are serving. The tax, Lagos State is already salivating. Saliv- Lagos State is salivating. Say, Dangote, may your days be long. That, now I'm talking about, it's not the money that he has to spend. It's how useful the man is. And let me be honest with you, I'm not joking about this. God sees my heart, I'm saying to you 100%. I will not trade places with Aleko Dangote. I don't want to. I like what I'm doing more than what he's doing. Nothing wrong with what he's doing. I just prefer the one I'm doing. And you want to say why? Well, I, I'll give you the reasons. There are many reasons. Oswald Chambers lived many years ago. I read his books till today. John D. Rockefeller lived many years ago. Nobody's buying his foil till today. That's just my reason for preferring what I do. What am I going to say? God will give you something to do. That's what I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. Do that one well. He said, what I'm doing is small. Do you know that Gote had a primary school teacher? What if you are teaching the next one? I don't know whether you are getting my point. That problem in your class. What if you are educating and teaching the next president? Of a generation. Because I'll be honest with you, if God revealed to me that, see, Banky, you're a primary school teacher. This boy is going to be a pastor, Banky, of his generation, teaching the word of God. This girl is going to be Oswald Chambers' wife. And this boy is going to be Alikudangote industrialist. So, but now they are between, somewhere between six and ten, and I'm supposed to teach them for like three, four years. If you reveal that to me, I will not exchange that job for any job in the world. I won't. Let the owner of the school cut my salary in half. I'm not going. Oh, why did I talk about Oswachimba's wife? I've told the story before. Oswachimba's preached the time when there was no microphone recorders like that. She was a stenographer. She took all his notes down by hand. Shorthand. By hand. She wrote everything down. From that, nothing less than 30 books were written. He died at the age of 43. He will have gone away. We won't have known who he was. But God said, hey, the revelation of your mouth, they are too much. Give him a wife who wanted to walk in their presidential palace. They are also rock. The prime ministers, I mean, he was British. She didn't get the job, but got a, got a husband. And they said, hey, you, know, you, have, you need your own career. She did not know that this is my career. She followed him up and down for a few years, and then he died. I'm just imagining spiritually. What was I doing here? Because he didn't do anything with the notes. She also had, you know, like, you're training something. 
and you like to do it. So, your husband now talk, 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 you now write, write, write. So, she was talking. She was doing the talking, she was doing the writing. So, she had a bundle of notes. Then one day, the friend came and said, Madam, where are those notes? They started publishing them. And the notes shook the world. So, that's why I mean when I say this girl in my class is also Chambers' daughter, uh, wife of tomorrow. So, I know my life is being invested in blessing the world for hundreds of years. His books have changed lives. They've made music out of it. What are, the world's number one daily devotional was made out of his books. My utmost for his highest. A lesson for every day. You can get it. It should be free online these days. A lesson for each day. Because somebody trained that girl in shorthand. So, what am I going to say? Don't even, don't even worry. I better tell your neighbor, don't worry. Look, tell somebody, look, for, just don't worry. Let me just, don't, just don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. That's one part of faith a lot of Christians don't understand. The thing faith is just, you calculate it, you divide it, you multiply it, you declare it. <laughs> you know certain keys. See, like I was saying, God will let you do everything. Finally, everything will now fail. When it has finished failing, and listen, this is the word of the Lord. He said, wait where you are, I will open the door for you there. I will open the door for you there. Look, I've, let me just end my message here. I've spoken enough for today. It's not every time we'll just speak and speak and speak. What I wanted to say today, let me just introduce this. So hopefully, I'll, I didn't succeed in what I planned, finishing that today. So we'll probably have to finish it next time. What I was going to say is that this spiritual one has been taken care of. And like I began to say last time again, the spiritual things, the next level is in our habits and our lifestyle. Our lifestyles. So that as people of faith, our faith create a new culture for us. And that culture is actually what God uses to trigger the reality of the spiritual in the physical. Did you hear what I said? That culture, which faith must produce for us, is what God uses to trigger the reality of the spiritual in the physical. That is, if you find somebody operating under a curse, the fact is that his lifestyle agrees with that curse. Do you follow what I'm saying? Talk about spirit of poverty as an example. If you watch his life many times, most times, not many times, you will see him make bad decisions which he could have avoided. Are you getting my point? Yeah, you see it. You see it. You have habits that produce poverty. You will have. There are many ways by which to come. The spirit of poverty will not just alight upon him directly like that. It could, but that will have to be triggered by other things. Just because his ancestors sinned will not make his field not produce. He will have to sin in his own sin to activate the poverty pronounced upon his ancestors. Which is why it's so important Christians work in sanctification. Because Satan, that's what he does. He knows you are not under a curse. But he can, he can and does it. Activate a curse you have been delivered from over your life. It can. Now, but what happens is that a lot of people don't know. They want to break the curse. No. The curse has been broken. What you just need to do is walk away from the behavior. That, so, I say for Christians, what you need to do is avoid ancestral bad habits. He said, couldn't the ancestors have avoided the bad habits? No. Because they were under a curse. I don't know whether I get my point. If you are still under a curse, you cannot 
avoid those bad habits. Unless, ha, you have to go to God because God used to suspend curses in generations. He could. That's what happened to Jabez. There was a curse over Jabez for certain. Things were bad for him, but he begged God. Do you know his children could have walked into that curse? But in his own life, it was suspended. Why? He was more honorable than his brothers. And he went to God and said, Oh, that you will bless me indeed. If anyone goes to God, no matter the curse that the person was under, he will suspend it. But what Satan does is to inundate the person with temptations that he doesn't go to God. So it's so important for us as believers for the life that we have to be manifested in practical terms. We must walk before God in a particular manner. And we saw here then that the best way to look at it or the person that explained it the best from his writing is Paul. From Ephesians chapter 1 to chapter 4, I think around verse 7 or 17, there are about 17 years. He was giving us this thing we'll be discussing. It's been done, it's done, it's done, it's done. Then from 17, I said, okay, now for that reason, start working in this particular way. And I want us to understand as believers, we have the power to walk that way. We do. We do, we do, we do. We can resist temptation. We can walk in faithfulness. We can walk away clear from sexual immorality. We can walk away. There are so many things in the world that are under pressure. We can refuse to lie. We can refuse to cheat. We have the power to. People do a lot of those things simply because of fear of death. Now, you see, now we have died in Christ. We have nothing to fear again. So that's what I wanted to talk about next, but let me leave it here. I think we have spoken enough for today. Like I said, I wanted to finish it today, but it didn't work out. Hopefully, um, it might work out next time before we go to the other thing. So remember, by those good habits that we are creating, we are creating heaven around us. We are creating heaven around us. Three levels. First, the spiritual level. Then the second level is those habits and lifestyles that we are going to walk in. We change the way we do business, the way we do relationships, the way we do everything that we do. And then that, those activities, because we are already blessed, they start releasing the blessing into the environment. So that way we activate rainfall if there was no rainfall. Matter of fact. Matter of fact. We do. Listen to this. We actually, <laughs> people have got to listen to this. We actually activate good government. Do you know you can activate good government? Not by your PVC. I hope that PVC is idolatry. God is going to judge that nonsense that all of us have been putting faith in. We discussed it yesterday here. Let me just mention that before I go away. Your PVC is not God. You know that? Now, are you going to get a PVC? Answer me well. No, there's no catch to it. Those of you are afraid, think I'm going to catch you. No. Are you going to get your PVC? Everybody's going to vote true or false? Good. You are going to vote according to your... They can't even buy your vote again. There's no money. So leave that. <laughs> why are we voting? Who can tell me the reason why? It's our civic duty. We owe it to our country to pay taxes, to vote. To, we don't have jury in Nigeria, but in America, you must serve on the jury. So, we do all of those things because we are citizens of the country. Being Christians, we also pray for our government. It's part of our duty as believers in that nation. We pray. We intercede. We speak. We prophesy. We utter the word of God into the air. These are all our duties. So back to the voting matter. So we are going to vote. But please, our vote is not the key to anything. Just like your tax is not. Your serving on the jury for Americans is not. Your vote is also not. Jesus will choose who he's going to choose no matter who you vote for. 
Mama Yota. He is going to choose the person he has chosen. Your vote is not affecting it. Your vote only affects it based on whether you vote for iniquity. They can, can give you a wicked man who you did not vote for. I don't know whether I get my point. I'm not saying your vote will bring No. But there's a way you will vote. You will be saying to God, I don't believe in good government. For example, if you say, I'm going to vote for this man because he's, he's my neighbor. All the prayers you have prayed for good government will be cancelled. Because you know he's a bad manager. But if he comes into government, you will not have connection in government house. And you may be getting contracts. So God says, every prayer you have prayed for good government, I, I cancel it. Because it's not important to you. But if you say, I'm going to vote for him, but like, I, I actually I have a neighbor like that. That I told, I don't know, my wife went and told him, I said to I said, anytime he's running for office, I will vote for him. I didn't tell my wife to go and tell him, but she went and told him that my husband is your fan. So anytime you are running for government, just know that you have a vote. Why? I see the way he carries the matters of our neighborhood on his head. I see if he's the only one that lives there. Somebody jams the pole down the street, maybe two streets away. He's there. That night he has hired security men to guard our cables. Because according to him, if they steal the cables... To have it replaced. So he paid security men to guard the cables for at least two days. They were there day and night. Make sure nobody could steal the cables. So such a person, I can vote for him because I know how he behaves. So it's not as if he's your neighbor. You vote for him, you go to hell. I didn't say so. I just said if he's like for personal gain. So this is how your vote makes a statement. Your vote makes a statement on what you believe. If you are voting for somebody that is my brother, and you don't care about his quality. What you have done is cancelled your prayer. It's not the vote. It's the statement you made by it. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Yes, now, having said all of these things, we are, voting, we are doing election this year. In a few days, right? Yeah, it's less than a month now that we are going to vote for president and most of our Senate, all the Senate, um, House of Assemblies, and all of that, House of Reps, and then most governors. God has already decided who's doing each one everywhere, as at now. He has decided. Every, the counselors have been decided in heaven. I was just seeing my son the other day because something led to it. I said, many, many Nigerians have forgotten many things that we know here. What we call primaries, secondaries, and what? Yes, primaries is when parties pick their flag bearers. Then, we were in kingdom, we will not say secondaries. What is secondary? The main election. Tertiary is who will sit there. Because at the end of the day, who will sit there is God that decides. Yesterday, they canceled or show election. Some people say, APC has come again. I said, stop talking nonsense. This same APC, the same courts have kicked them out of everywhere. Rivers, last time, they did not have a candidate. The court said so. APC was in power nationally. They couldn't do anything about it. In Bayelsa, they won the election. The man was practicing swearing in when the court said, your vice, your deputy governor, was a Wayo man. And because the joint ticket, the ticket is invalid. And they gave it to the PDP man who came second. <laughs> if that man has recovered now, he gave his life to Christ. Because I don't know how on earth you want to recover. Abubakar Audu Kogi was winning the election. 
They came to tell him, Oga, we are winning. No. He died. After elections were concluded, but before the, the announcement was made concerning the fact that he won the election, he died. Umar Yusara won, took office, a few months later, he died. Andy Uba won, took office, two weeks later, he was kicked out by the Supreme Court, saying that Peter Obi's tenure was not over, and that the election that brought him into office was null and void and of no effect. He came back last year to run against Charles Uludu. Uh, because we are on air, let's not say some things that... Uh, but they claim it was alleged. <laughs> That's a way to say things that you shouldn't say. <laughs> he was alleged to have... Of course, we know as a matter of fact, all Afghan people, they come to APC. They alleged that he induced them with huge money. Even the deputy governor, sitting deputy governor, they camped to APC. We were told that it was because the inducement was heavy. Not only did APC lose and Andy Uba get nothing, as he was heading for tribunal, a court judgment declared him a non-candidate. Oh, many people don't know that. So he couldn't even go to the tribunal. And that case was in court, invalidating him as a candidate that you were not so on record legally, he did not participate in the election. Yoruba man will say, may the hoe of the king not hook your leg. Or the, the axe of the king. Is it very powerful? No. When Yoruba man wants to pray for it, there are some powerful prayers. As you are going, your mother will say, may the axe of the king not hook your leg. That is, the power of the government may not run against you. What am I trying to say, people of God? Who will sit on this seat is God's decision. So there's a picture going around that is blasphemous. I want to put on record. It is blasphemy. That's where I was driving at. A woman sitting down facing the wall with her Bible in her hand had about four important prayer points concerning our beautiful nation, Nigeria. And a hand came, purportedly the hand of Jesus Christ, because there's a hole in it, and tapped her and gave her a PVC, a voter's card, which is saying... Jesus said, this prayer is not necessary. Go and vote. And everything you are looking for is in your vote. That is blasphemous. It's an insult against the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are the artist, you need to go and pray and ask for forgiveness. No, I think it's an insult against the Lord Jesus Christ. When I saw it, I was angry. I was angry. And I told people, I said, Jesus would never do this. I said, he would never. My Jesus would never do it. I told them, of course, I mentioned my reason why. Why I said, I want to read out to you the things that I said. Why I said, my Jesus would never do it. He doesn't do such nonsense. He doesn't because he's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. He's the governor among the nations. He makes kings and removes kings. Before him, all the people of the nations are nothing. When he asks, who can hinder it? As for his outstretched arm, who can turn it back? He can save by a few. He can save by a multitude. He does not operate according to the voice of the majority. He speaks and it is done. He raises men from the dust. He calls Cyrus by name even when he did not know him. He is a king whose kingdom has no end. And his kingdom reigns over all. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is from generation to generation. He is the most high who rules over the realm of mankind. And bestows, in on, or bestows it on whomever he wishes. 
and sets over it the lowliest of men. That's Jesus we are dealing with. Vote is good for you. It does not tell him what. I hope you get my point. And by the way, that Jesus Christ, that fellow in that one, is not the real Jesus. You know how I found out? He has plaster on his right index finger, which shows that he got injured sharing PVC. So please don't follow that picture around. It's blasphemous. Let's bow down his and give Lord thanks for today. Let's say, Lord, thank you for your truth.